Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by C.J. Vogel. C.J. and I are going to talk a little fun stuff tonight. Uh, Flipmas is what we're calling it. Uh, this is one, well, this is something that Steve Sarkeesian has kind of specialized in since he got to Austin. Uh, and C.J., what we're talking about is guys that have committed to one school and then end up going to Texas. There is a list. I mean, I think we're looking at 15 or so over the last three and a half years. Um, and what's happening is Sark is absolutely winning those battles that come to the end. I want to talk about why that is, we think, and also the history of it and kind of kind of really delve into it. But I think it's important that we start with the very first one of all. Um, and he's a person that has a has had a seminal impact on the Texas football team. And that's Xavier Worthy in the class of 2021. He originally signed with Michigan, got out of his letter of intent, um, and signed instead with the University of Texas. Uh, that was huge and put Sark and gave him his first marquee recruit to really call his own. Even though JT Sanders was in that same class, Sanders was already signed with Texas. Byron Murphy was already signed. Jonathan Brooks already signed with Texas. Xavier Worthy was his first flip officially. And I think it's a harbinger of things to come. And really what it showed there is what Sark has proven from get-go he will stay on people until there is no staying on them any longer. Yeah, 100%. And with Xavier Worthy, the number one thing that comes to my mind was, and Sarkeesian's first year in 2021, was the impact that he had immediately on that team. And, you know, that season obviously was not very bright. You know, there weren't a lot of bright spots, but the one that was obviously the brightest, you know, alongside Bijan Robinson was Xavier Worthy. You know, you were looking at a freshman All-American, the, the one guy, that Sarkeesian had his fingerprints on in the recruiting trail, immediately jumps in was uh, a freshman All-American. And, you know, I thought that was the sign of things to come immediately is, hey, you know, this guy's going to recruit. He's going to find playmakers. And especially in his offense, he's going to find the ways or he's going to find ways for guys to get involved, uh, get the ball and make plays and produce on the field. So 100 percent, I I like to credit that one as the most impactful recruit Sarkeesian has had because it set the boundary or, you know, set the path basically for what was to come later on. I think that's a great way to put it because it, it showed you this is the way he does things, right? Yes. It, it, you could have learned from that. It also tells us the kind of player he's looking for. He wasn't looking for just another guy. He was looking for future stars at re receiver position. The, going into 2022, it turned a little bit differently, Right. Um, the four guys that we we have that uh, we want to focus on here, uh, uh, Kev, Kelvin Banks, obviously, and Cam Williams, the two offensive linemen. Uh, certainly Banks is uh, like, like worthy, a freshman All-American. They turned him from Oregon. Cam Williams also turned from Oregon after Mario Cristobal took the job at Miami away from Oregon. But then on signing day, don't forget, Terrence Brooks uh, away from Ohio State, a longtime commitment to the Buckeyes. At the very last minute, Terry Joseph and uh, Steve Sarkeesian pull a little magic out of the hat with that one. And then Jalen Gilbo, uh, a reserve right now back up at uh, the nickel position. He was back and forth between Texas and TCU for the longest. Uh, but those four, I want to talk specifically mostly about Banks, Brooks, and Williams, because those three guys look like future NFL players. Let's start with, with Banks and Williams. Yeah, no. You can thank Miami for coming in and taking uh, Mario Cristobal away. And, and man, I, I remember sitting there watching uh, Duncanville and, and DeSoto one year. And I'm standing on the sideline and I'm, you know, right next to the, uh, I believe is Coach Antebelli, uh, the, the 
Oregon and current Miami offensive line coach. And, you know, I see the, the Oregon on his chest and I'm thinking, all right, yeah, you guys got a couple, a couple ballers out here. And he looks at me and he goes, 56, he's going to be a stud. And sure enough, you know, the movement from Oregon to uh, Miami opened the door for Sarkeesian and Kyle Flood to step in and say, yeah, we have a, 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 a gaping hole right now on the offensive line. We need guys to step in immediately and, and become instant, you know, production guys that we can evaluate, you know, kind of develop down the road and get into that offensive line right away. And we see it right now with Kelvin Banks, who's, you know, racking up the accolades. Uh, Cam Williams figures to be in that starting rotation next year as well. It, 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 that, you know, those, those two guys right there, we talked about it all the time. It, 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 really set the standard for what we are seeing currently again on the offensive line. And I think that's huge for the big bodies. That was part of that seven man offensive line cat class, the pancake factory. Uh, those yeah. were big pieces of it. The interesting thing to me in that, in those two guys, it's further proof of Sark not backing off the top guys just because they kidnapped it somewhere else. It's uh, it's hanging around the rim as Jerry Hamilton yeah. likes to say. Uh, it's hanging around the rim and waiting for something to happen because you know those guys are good enough. And Texas did that with both of those guys, and it, it, it proved valuable. And now the Texas offensive line going into – after being a, a a team weakness for multiple – almost a decade, the, the offensive line next year looks to be a team strength in part because of those two guys, a uh, very big part because of those two guys. All right, the other one that flipped that was late, that was on National Signing Day, was Terrence Brooks out of Little Elm, the cornerback. Uh, Terry Joseph uh, was recruiting that one till the, to the very end, ends up pulling that one away from Ohio State, and now look forward, Terrence Brooks is a starter. Uh, I want to mention these, this, uh, is the importance of this. The flips that we're going to be talking about, they're not minor role players by, by and large. Mm-mm. That's where I think that Steve Sarkeesian and sticking with it has been a different a different piece than what other people have. It's one thing to get a guy that flips. It's another thing to get potentially three starters next year in Brooks, Banks, and Williams. You had Worthy, who's a freshman All-American. If those are your flips, then the actual work and effort you're putting into it is actually worthwhile. Like, it's one thing to just sit, sit there and in sales, they call it selling the desk. Right. Yeah. You're just trying to get a deal to get a deal. It's not actually doing anything for you. But to get flips that actually are impactful can be meaningful. And I think that's that's where we go now in 23. You know, more of the same, in my opinion, yeah. 23, Anthony Hill. You think maybe he had an impact? Jelani McDonald's already playing. Colton Vosick was a big one from Oklahoma. Warren Roberson uh, from TCU. Billy Walton from Oklahoma State. Um, you, you look at it, and Hill is already—he's already a freshman All-American as well. well <laughs> hey, recurring so, theme, huh? In three consecutive classes, Texas has had freshman All-American, and all three—and three of them have been all flips from other schools. That's the importance of sticking with what you want to do. Yeah, and to your point about sticking on prospects—you know—all the way through the signing day, not showing any sign of you know, release of the pressure on their recruitment, it, it, it's a testament to this staff. And, you know, there's a little story. I, I want to touch back on that 22 class with Terrence Brooks. Go you for know, it. After, 
after Texas and Oklahoma played in that first year under Steve Sarkeesian, you know, that first half, we all, I don't want to bring it back up, but I'm going to because it was such a great start. You know, you, you thought this was where things were going to go for Texas. And then, you know, following that game and kind of the remainder of that season, there was there's some wobbly wheels there. You know, there weren't some, you know, shoot to the to stardom for the program under Sarkeesian. And, you know, when I went to Little M and I spoke with Terrence Brooks, you know, there was, you know, some reservations about Texas. He was supposed to be at that Texas-Oklahoma game. He made it for the first half, and then he departed. He saw <laughs> he saw what he thought he needed to see, and then he followed it up with the rest of the season. And, you know, when it really came down to it, there wasn't a lot for him, you know, at, at least at the end of the season, that he thought, you know, this is where I want to be until those two to three weeks prior to signing day. And that's really where Terry Joseph and the Texas staff came in and really flipped the switch with Terrence Brooks. And sure enough, like you said, that's a starting cornerback right now that you have as a result of flipping from Ohio State. Which in Ohio State was the college football playoff team three years ago. Yeah. yeah. And they, were the team. they were still beating Michigan at that time. <laughs> so they were the hot school. I mean, look, they were the hot school in the Midwest. And I think it's funny you said that he went just to the first half where Texas was blowing out um, uh, Oklahoma. Obviously, uh, Caleb Williams brought him back. But uh, that's interesting how, how that all came together. With, with the 23 class, and I mentioned Anthony Hill, obviously a big one over Texas A&M late in the process. Jelani McDonald had been committed to Oklahoma State. Voss shipped to, to uh, Oklahoma uh, then Warren Roberson to TCU. Um, all of those guys are guys that, except for Vosick, that, that played this year. And Vosick was a guy that was injured. Yeah. Um, and so he didn't play it at all. All the other guys at least saw time on special teams. Con uh, contributors, 100%. Yeah, Bobby, it's, it's one of those guys that you're you're fighting for guys that matter, in my And opinion. this is a conversation for another day. But when I, I look back at, Texas's number one priorities on both sides of the football dating back to when Sarkeesian got here one way or another they're getting them you know whether it be the arch manning straight up win in the recruiting world or having to go the flip route of Anthony Hill you know they're finding the guys that they prioritize the most and they're getting them into their class in the 2024 class we're looking at Colin Simmons the, the number one player in the state of Texas and you're saying hey we didn't have to fight that hard you know relatively speaking but we still did enough to get him in the in the bag, you know, and I think that's a, a testament to the staff, what they're building right now. And of course, you know, if, if push comes to shove and Texas has to go into the uh, the flip mode to get, you know, kind of pry these guys away from other programs, they're more than capable of doing so. And they've proven it time and time again. Well, the first commitment in this Texas class in 24 was actually Aaron Hampton. If you yeah. remember the 2024 class, then he he had he had committed to Baylor first. Then he backed out of his Texas commitment, opened it up, and then re re uh, committed to Texas. Uh, so he's one in the other two in the 2024, other three actually. I feel sorry for the University of Florida. <laughs> All three of them were committed to Florida at one time. Xavier out of McKinney and Wardell Mack out of Marrero, Louisiana. Both defensive backs were committed. Jarrett Gibson, the running back, was initially committed to Florida. I Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Now, he, he backed out of that before he committed to Texas. But three guys that they lost directly to the University of Texas, uh, I, I feel like uh, the issue here, again, is with Phil Simi, it was a late turn like Hill was, like Worthy, and, and even like Brooks, right, and Banks. Uh, Mac was like mid-year kind of, so it wasn't right on the precipice, but it was somewhat unsuspect, unexpected. Uh, it mm -hmm. came on pretty quick. Uh, and then, you know, Jarrett Gibson as well, uh, he had actually decommitted already. But I look at all this group, and to your point, it also fits what they needed. We knew this year they needed DBs. Yeah, They lost three safeties in the portal, lost a corner in the portal, graduating at safety heavily with Jaron Thompson, most likely Keaton Crawford as well, um, CJ. And so they prioritized DBs, and two of the guys they prioritized just happened to be committed elsewhere. Right. And, they, and they never gave up. I think, you know, another point could be made here is, you know, dating back to when these guys made their initial recruit or commitments elsewhere, Texas, you know, especially for guys like Mac and, and Kelvin Banks, Anthony Hill, Texas is in that top two. You know, it's very easy to sit back and kind of sit in your sorrows and, and, and feel bad that you didn't get do enough initially to get over. But that's not the world of recruiting. And that's not what we've seen from the staff. And, you know, I th again, it's part of that that give and take in the college football world. And we've seen it time and time again over the last 10 years is when you have a bad season, you are susceptible to being poached. And when you start winning on the field, like Texas has been, now you're the big bad bully on the block, you know, and that, that makes things a lot easier in terms of finding or circling back around to the guys that you previously had circled high on your board and getting back over the hump initially and, and earning that signature. I'll tell you another thing to think about here too, that Steve Sarkeesian is not done. He wouldn't have if he hadn't flipped all these guys. He doesn't burn bridges. Yes. You know, when 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 a guy picks another school, it's not a it's not an overwrought, you know, type ordeal where that kid could never go back to the University of Texas. I mean, you think about Andrew Bakuba even right now, being right. from LBJ and coming back to Texas. Sark wasn't, you know, there there was no ill will there. I mean, he probably could have returned to Texas more even last year or year before, if he would have wanted to. But, you know, Sark has done a good job, and so have his coaches. It's not just yes. Steve Sarkeesian. His, his assistant coaches have to let it, you know, roll off their – like water off a duck's back a little bit if they get hurt feelings, right? Um, but yeah. that's, that's the reality of it is they've done a good job not only of flipping these guys uh, but also making sure they don't burn bridges so that they can come back around if they, if they want them. Matthew Golden is an example of that too. Texas wanted him out of high school, but he chose Houston. Yeah, Sark Sark didn't Sark left that door open, and it, it's returned to him. Uh, and so those things, along with hanging around the rim, because you never know when somebody's going to get fired, when Florida's going to have this disastrous season <laughs> and look like they need to fire their coach, or when you know just fortuitous things happen, like a coach moving on. Right. Uh, with Mario Cristobal, 
Uh, but all of that added together with this, the players they're choosing in these regards are actually making an impact. All of this would just be hot air if Xavier Worthy, Kelvin Banks, Cam Williams, Anthony Hill, uh, if Xavier Phils, if those guys aren't good, right, and aren't impactful, it would just be hot air, and it's not. And it's one of the reasons why Sark is going to have three consecutive top five classes. As we, you know, tape this right now today, Texas is at number three overall in the recruiting rankings, and uh, they are working still on one more flip. Uh, Ty Anthony Smith out of Jasper, um, a linebacker that had 100-plus tackles, four forced fumbles, six sacks this year. Um, and so they are working still to the, to the very end here. Uh, and they're also working to keep Aaron Hampton. I've been told that Aaron Hampton is sticking with Texas, but being told that and, and it actually happening are one of two different things. But my point being, CJ and, and everyone else, is that these are the types of things that build on one another, one thing after another. You can't have um, flips that, that don't work out or else right. it's worthless. You can't be mean after you get told that he's committing somewhere else or else you burned your bridge. It's a, it's an, it's a cumulative uh, type situation. All right. Anything else you want to add before we let people go on this one, uh, this on Texas football, CJ? Yeah. You mentioned it just real quick. I mean, the world of the portal now, it, it almost forces coaches to keep that line of communication open for guys that they deem takes deem atop the top of their board. Because like you said, Makuba and Matthew Golden, two guys that Texas had interest in previously, it didn't go their way, but as a result of having connections still in place with them, they're able to circle back and still, you know, almost, almost even better get them in, you know, th two or three years experience and, you know, allow them to get them back on the field immediately. Yeah. All right. That's CJ Vogel on Texas football. I'm Bobby Burton. Thanks for listening. Uh, Longhorns uh, putting the bow on an unbelievable recruiting class in part because of the flips. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian headed to New Orleans in part because of these flips as well. All right. For CJ, I'm Bobby. Hook them.